Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology, while hopefully fun and informative, is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Also, Diane and I are both deeply passionate about psychology. Common with things you love, we may get frustrated, but at the end of the day, we hold sincere respect for psychology and psychologists. Now, on with the show. Beef jelly, beef jelly, beef jelly, beef jelly. I think that's good. And I'm here. Hello. Hi. 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 Welcome in. Welcome in to Reverse Psychology. Welcome in. Welcome. Yeah. Well, hi. It's Reverse Psychology, the podcast. The greatest podcast known to everyone who's ever listened to it. People love it. People listen. You love to hate it and you hate that you love it so much. If you love it, listen more and tell a friend. Yep. Give us a rating. Is this the end of the episode? <laughs> No. Who are you? I'm Dr. Diana. Hi, Dr. Diana. I'm a mouth noise maker. You're a mouth noise maker. It was a <laughs> tone, not a bell. <laughs> it just reminded me of what were we doing the other night? And I said, you're being really loud. And you said, oh, love just- making. No, <laughs> it was something. And I was we chewing. Were, and- we were eating lunch yesterday. And you said, you're talking really loud. And I said, <laughs> I'm trying to talk over your chewing. Apparently, I make a lot of noises. Yeah. <laughs> You said back to me, you had that in the chamber. Yeah, it was quick. Yeah. Yeah, you had been thinking it. I wrote that the night before. So sometimes, even though I'm a 40-year-old woman with a PhD, sometimes when I'm chewing, food falls out of my mouth. You speak and carry your life on like a 40-year-old woman with a PhD, but you eat often like (laughs) a 13-year-old boy who's having a lot of hard times. (laughs) Hard times. Good. Okay. Glad that's me. Yeah. (laughs) Um. uh, I'm a 40-year-old woman who eats in a way where food falls out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm a licensed psychologist. Yep. And, in order of importance. Yeah. A board-certified behavior analyst. Yeah. And it was a tone, not a bell. Cool. Who are you? I am Dr. Mike, a.k.a. Frowny Face. A.k.a. A.k.a. I am a <laughs> clinical psychologist. I am a recovering breakdance addict and that's not true have you ever seen me breakdance no see i'm still in recovery and i like to party do you like until 8 45 yeah then i need to go to bed mm-hmm. i like daytime parties i don't even like those anymore no you like drink and then it's like time to go to bed yeah and you're i'm addicted drunk. to canceling plans yeah it feels great it's good it's like oh bonus sleep we've had a lot of plans this weekend that we didn't cancel i know we saw cat power we saw cat power she's in the studio today but she doesn't want to talk so she's just gonna listen prove us wrong you wouldn't know because i mean she's so quiet it was the sleepiest it was the quietest concert, concert i've ever been to she walked out burning some incense uh-huh. the sound of it burning was louder than her voice i know <laughs> i went to the bathroom at one point and there was a, like a bathroom attendant which is like a whole other situation because i was how attended, awkward how it, attentive were they well she held all the paper towels so like she had I, all the power in the relationship she did and there were paper towels on the wall too but i felt like a dick if i like went to those you know yeah. she was like handing them to me and stuff so anyways uh, bathroom automation is costing us jobs diana i know <laughs> but i I, didn't, I never have any cash like what am i gonna do venmo her <laughs> hey do you take hey, are you on are you on a cash app can you break a hundred yeah 
Can I get 99 singles back? So, yeah. So I avoid eye contact and just take what they give me and whatever. Yeah. But anyways, the bathroom attendant was like, oh, I guess I should talk more quietly because I might interrupt the concert out there. All that being said, it was very good. It was great. It was just very relaxing. It was very quiet and dreamy. And I... soft purple lights. She was in a velvet dress. I was wearing a tank top and I was cold, which Uh is weird at a like concert show inside. On a scale of zero to the guy behind us, how much did you like the show? (laughs) Oh my God. Before I say any of this, because it could easily come across that I don't like Cat Power. I really like Cat Power. No, it was amazing. It was was wonderful. the early part of the show, it was a lot of like tone work. Like all the songs were kind of in the same yeah, yeah, mode, sure. the same tone. It was, the concert definitely carried on like a full piece of something because it was, yeah. there's not a lot of breaks between songs. And so if you weren't like a crafty listener, you wouldn't be able to tell when one would start and another one would end. And the guy behind us, the guy behind us knew. Crafty listener. Because it'd be like one song, be like, do, 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 do. And then they'd be like, do, 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 do. And he's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he would sing three octaves lower than her voice. And she has like a, a pretty brassy voice. She'd be like, I am Cat Power. And behind us, he's like, I'm Cat Power. <laughs> but it was, he was always one to three and a half beats off. But he would repeat the word that he missed. Yeah, he was, he was, was having the time of his life. Uh, he was alone. I enjoyed watching him enjoy Cat Power. Yeah, I enjoyed watching him. And I enjoyed watching the couple in a full fight next to us the entire time. Yeah, loud, like we could hear Loudly them. Loudly fighting. Yeah. The woman in the, in the couple, her back was to the stage yelling at the guy. Yeah. The guy was yelling at her. And then he said, wait a second. He went and got a drink, came back, and they continued the fight. I was like, that's a move. Yeah. Hold on. I need some liquor if we're going to really fight. It was a good show. <laughs> it was a great show. Yeah. It was like a dream for me because I've never seen her and it was really incredible. She was lucid and... Yeah, she seemed well. Yeah, she did. She, she seemed well. She had the energy of an of like a like a fun aunt. She had like bangs. Yeah. Like a velvet dress. She like danced kind of weird. Yeah. And if you don't know who Cat Power is, pause this episode, go listen to Cat Power, and then come back. And I think you'll enrich your experience. Yeah. Her voice is one of the best voices ever. I'm going to say ever. I mean, she seriously. She reminds me of... Um, a longer living Janis Joplin. Yes. It's funny you say that because I had a couple moments where I was like, this is historical. Like this is yeah. timeless. I think, I think between the music scene right now and I, I don't necessarily know why else now, but like I feel like she would have done a lot better in a different era. But she, she like I think her voice is like on also like her. Yeah, she's not. Because she's gotten more dream poppy than blues rocky. So she she hasn't really like courted a larger audience. Also, her episode on... Song Exploder? Yeah, I talk about other podcasts a lot. We're not competing with Song Exploder though. But Song Exploder is a great little ditty. Tell them we sent you. Yeah. Her episode of Song Exploder where she breaks down one of her songs is one of the best episodes of Song Exploder. Do you remember what song it was? It was one of her newer ones. Okay. And she talks a lot about her... I mean, in every song exploder, they talk about like... Their own mental illness? No, no, no. Like how they wrote the song, what their mind frame was. Okay, her episode and the R.E.M., Oh, yeah, episode. I cried during I that one. Bald. Yeah. I had to pull over. I was crying so hard. Yeah, I just kept driving, but I was driving erratically. <laughs> uh, so we did that. And then it's Sunday morning. Sunday morning. We're fresh. We're fresh. We barely talked this morning. And we, we put together we an, both an IKEA, Ikea table. table and we still love each other. We did a reverse psychology team building exercise. <laughs> 
and it worked the tables up we're in a new recording studio again which is a different room of our house if we sound better to you it's because we moved into one of the guest rooms yeah and we did our beef jelly warm-ups do you think we sound different you said that it might have better acoustics because there's here. carpeting in here there's more soft stuff to absorb the vibrations smaller area it's smaller room we're near the window so the the you can hear the light in our voice we're more likely to get dog barks because the dogs love hanging out in this room with us. Was well, their bedroom? It is their bedroom. So that was Friday night, Saturday night. Went to a friend's house. <laughs> yeah, last night. It played a lot of music. It was mm-hmm. really fun. Jam, Jam, Jam Town. Jam Town, USA. Did some basing. Yeah, you played the keyboards. It was awesome. What is basing? Isn't that like a drug thing? That's free basing. Free basing. <laughs> free base jumping? Where you you free base yeah. and then you jump off a building. That sounds fun. It's like that commercial. Uh, commercial. To to not do angel dust it's like an after school psa where this hot girl went to this nerdy guy and she she was like do you want to party and he's like oh geez i'm a student and then he did angel dust then turned around ran headfirst out of a window does that really happen i don't know angel dust no okay i wasn't me neither i wasn't really listening because i was i can um, tell because you're on your phone in the middle of a text conversation i no 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 i'm not texting i'm looking something up that's really funny google angel dust um alexa angel dust dark web order angel dust two-day delivery can you do that on the dark web no is it like Amazon Prime? no it's always going to be the it's always going to be through the u.s mail there's a HuffPost article from a couple days ago where i don't know if this is one school i guess it seems like it's one school north farmington high school where all the id cards the students get they dress up oh yeah i saw that have you seen it yeah it's super cute but one of them reminded me of drug use wait <laughs> this one is a guy dressed up as Jim dressed up like Dwight from The Office. I like that. Yeah, we'll post this so you guys we'll, can yeah, we'll post play it. along. But yeah. Um there's a, a Dave Chappelle one. Yeah, that was the one that made me think about drugs. Because he didn't have like something on his mouth. Yeah, he was the uh crackhead. Yeah. That yeah. So the crack enthusiast. Mr. Clean. Oh, that's so funny. It's a teacher. It's so cute. It's a teacher's ID card. Aw. That's funny. That's good. Who would you dress up as? Bruce Willis from Die Hard. Because he's bald. He's kind of a beard. I'd wear a tank top all cut up. Uh-huh. Okay. Or maybe Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I'd be in a bathtub with all my black children around. No, no, no. It's the on the toilet scene where you can't get up because it... That's also a great... Danny it, Glover... Yeah, he's a, he's a gem. Yeah. No, that, that there's two weird things. Is it, that's not the same movie, is it? What? Bathtub one and... The bathtub one and I the think, toilet one? Mm, I don't remember the is, bathtub one. The bathtub one was the first one, right? It's his birthday. Oh, yeah. This that's was like the weapon, too. It's the birthday where he gets too old for this shit. He's bathing. It's not like a bubble bath where there's some mystery. It is still water bath. And his entire family's in there singing him happy birthday while his dick's just like floating in the water. It's very bizarre. Mm. And then later, a couple movies later, he's taking a deuce and there's a bomb. I think it's just one movie later. Yeah, one so movie later. Too. Yeah, but then Mel Gibson pulls him into like the cast iron bathtub, right? Yeah, they have to like... Uh, jump, jump from the toilet and the yeah. bathtub. But you know like... He couldn't wipe because of the bomb. And so he's just laying on Mel Gibson. Well, all you know poopy. how he knew there was a bomb? It said it on the toilet paper. It said bomb. Oh, I, I, do you ever do that? Do you ever put down bomb on toilet paper all in public? The time. Yeah. Well, it's hard to see, though, because it's up in the, like, that yeah. toilet paper dispenser. So it doesn't always... It doesn't pan out. Yeah. No, it, it, it doesn't translate well to public no, bathrooms. No, I still laugh while I'm in the bathroom <laughs> watching someone go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. 
Great. And not enough people talk about Lethal Weapon. Well, I think we talk about it just enough. Probably. Once every four or five months. I don't think we've talked about it in like a year. I haven't talked about it with you. Oh. I was on the bus yesterday. And I talked about it a lot. You did not. No, I don't take the bus. That's a My lot. My parents drive me to school. Mm-mm-mm. There's something I really wanted to bring up today. Okay. Was it anything about psychology? Because this is the one and only podcast where we exclusively talk about psychology. While you're thinking about it, let's read some reviews. Okay. This first one is from Melissa K007. She said, hilarious and informative. Yay. Uh, I binged this podcast from start to finish in two days because wow. it was that good. Thank you. Mike and Diana's banter is the perfect combination of cute and funny. Aw. we are cute and funny. And their discussion of various psychological topics is interesting and helpful. So happy I discovered this podcast. I'm happy you discovered it too. Another review says, this one's from Facebook dot com this one's from sarah two days ago she said i'm technically writing this while finishing up listening to episode 18 hands down i love this podcast yay i have even told two of my best friends which i actually saw because she tagged us in it and she was like have you listened to this yet and one of them was like not yet and i was very (laughs) tempted to comment be like what the fuck are you waiting for dude listen to our podcast right right. we'll call you out if you don't i'm going for my master's in counseling yay this podcast has everything. It has the mm-hmm. funny, the real, and it keeps my intention. I will listen in the morning or while I'm driving around. As you're laughing at the side talk and relating to them, there's also understanding the big concepts to the psychology world. Anyone who's interested in psychology or planning to go for school for this major, listen to this. Just love this podcast, Heart. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. And I'm glad we're inspiring future therapists. Yeah. This one you can was, be a therapist and be a real person, guys. You can be. This one was sent as a direct message. DM. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to totally dox her. This is from Melissa. Just discovered your podcast this morning, and it's helping me make my Monday even more fantastic. Yay. I'm trying my hardest to stifle my laughter just so my coworkers don't question my sanity. Thank you, and keep up the great podcast content. That's Thank awesome. You. If your podcast... If your podcast... No. If, if your, your coworkers are cool, yeah, sh- tell, them. tell them, and then you won't have to hi- stifle your laughter. And then you guys can quote us you to can, each other. Like we do to each other. Like we do about ourselves. <laughs> we do. Yeah. We've been really, really loving ourselves lately because... Yeah. This is not good for our narcissism. No, we... We're, we're insufferable now. It's us quoting ourselves to us in, in private, so it's not like we're like yeah, we're involving not other in people. Yeah. But we laughed really hard about frowny face. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, where's another one that we laughed? Oh, I laughed really hard last week at um when I was listening back because I listened to our podcast about the piss pile. Oh, when Ray Charles <laughs> pissed in the hallway? When Stevie Wonder led Ray Charles to a bathroom. Yeah. But really, it was just the corner and there was a piss pile. Yep. I didn't even hear it when you said it. Yeah. That's, that's how little I listened to you. I know. That's my favorite part is watching you listen to the podcast and laughing at <laughs> stuff that... In when we're taping it, I'm like, oh, that must not be funny because she did not <laughs> respond whatsoever. But it's just how little you talk, you listen to me. One last one by Oxkersman, which makes me think it might be uh, Scott Ackerman because it's oh, kind of talking about. Oh, that would be amazing! It. Five Hi, stars, Scott. good show. The writing says, "I heard about you in a men's bathroom." Five stars. You know what? What? Is that one of the stickers? Probably. I've been putting them up in... Oh, shit. You did it. My new hobby is... You did it. My new hobby is to 
go out drinking and then stick stickers in men's bathrooms. And women. And women's. Yeah, I put one in a ladies' bathroom too. So ladies, if you see a sticker, it means I was in there. And gender neutral bathrooms. All right. So what's the topic for today? Okay. So today I'm super excited slash nervous about this topic. That was nervous burping. The nervous burp? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're like like Bobby Durst? (laughs) 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 I don't don't remember that from the jinx. When he confessed on the... (laughs) He was burping the entire time. (laughs) When he went to the bathroom mic'd? Yeah. Oh, he was like, I killed them all. Yeah, he's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And then he's like in the bathroom. He's like, Bobby, what'd you do? Oh, I killed them all. That's making me feel sick. Yeah, he was burping the entire time. No, that's really gross that you just did. We should rewatch that. What's that line from Stand By Me? They're like, it was a puke. Everyone starts throwing up on everyone. You might be thinking about the Goonies. No, no, no. I'm not at all. I'm in the stands and I just made the noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I pushed my sister down the stairs. And I blamed her on the dog. And this one is the worst thing ever. This is the worst thing ever. <laughs> that guy's like a hot lawyer now. You're really channeling your inner fat kid. So I'm nervous about today and I'm excited about today because... What What are you nervous about? What are you excited about? We're going to talk a little bit about B.F. Skinner. Best friend Skinner? And I'm excited because I love the topic. I'm nervous because I have so much reverence for him and his work and you're worried that i'm gonna make fun of him no not that you're gonna make fun of him but that i'm gonna say something that's not entirely correct or like gonna get a small fact wrong and then i'm gonna feel like ashamed that i couldn't bring it to you the right way we should get a bf skinner saint candle because we have our freud one burning i would love that okay i will look it up love if you have any fans that want to mail us a bf skinner (laughs) candle whenever we burn the freud candle we have really good episodes so what do you know about bf skinner okay i'm i'm buford frederick skinner no burris hannibal burris frederick skinnerd the first skinner leonard skinnerd buford leonard skinnerd so bl skinner it's burris frederick skinner i got the frederick right bf i should go by mf yeah, you should. Be badass. Yeah. All right. Mother fucking <laughs> then my last name. Yeah. This is a giant topic. This could be like a multi-parter. Well, I'm Go from ages 0 to 5 today. I'm only going to talk about a very specific part of his research. Okay. But it does require actually that I talk about some things that are controversial about him. <sighs> yeah. So, because I just want to dispel any rumors or ideas or myths or thoughts that you might have. I want to dispel him. any thoughts that you would ever have. So, let me ask you this, Mike. Okay. You're not in the behavioral world. I mean, you do. You I do. visit sometimes. Yeah, you you know. You, you know an, enough. A, I like to call myself a tourist in the behavioral world. Yeah, you know enough. So... Um, I know enough to be dangerous. But like not in a way that you like thoroughly studied this. No, I got the gist. What comes to mind when you think about B.F. Skinner? Rewards and punishment. Okay. Operant conditioning. Good. Training complex behaviors. Okay. Really interesting hairstyle. Okay. Glasses. Anything controversial come to mind? Um, Glasses. Didn't he say something like, if you give me a bunch of kids, no questions asked, I'll make them do stuff? He said, give me an infant. I don't know the quote. Should I look it up? No. I want to look it up. Okay, you look it up. Oh, shoot. I'm sending an email on... I know that he contracted with the military. He was... He, he was did a, some stuff. He was yeah. a pretty crazy figure. VF Skinner. I heard he cheated at Monopoly a lot. Quote, give me a child. Give me your child. Give me your poor. Give me a child. He used to draw dirty drawings in the margins of his books. Give me a child and I'll shape him into anything. But, okay. but what he actually said it's was... It's a mistranslation. 
Yeah. Give it, me uh, children. G- give me children. <laughs> give me children. Oh, my God. How embarrassing. A reference from our last podcast. Yeah. Okay. Give me an... All back. <laughs> give me a dozen healthy infants, well-formed, and my own specified world to bring them up in. And I'll guarantee to take anyone at random and train him to become any type of specialist I might select. Doctor, lawyer, artist, merchant, chief, and yes, even beggar man and thief, regardless of his talents, penchants, tendencies, abilities, vocations, and race of his ancestors. It'd be so adorable to raise a little child to be a beggar man. This is how you shake your coin tin. So thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Is relevant. So what did you hope I was going to say? I don't know. I just didn't know. Like there's a lot of weird information out there about him. So one of the things, for example, is that he created the Skinner box. Well, yeah, he created the Skinner box, but he also created a crib. Have you heard of this? Yes. He called it the air crib. A-I-R crib. But okay. then someone branded it H-E-I-R crib, like saying that he was like... The hair? Yeah, but it's not... I mean, he didn't call it that. That was someone else's word for it. Like, basically, like, I can train you to be anything. Like, they had, like, some Nazi connotations, but yeah. he had none of those. Did, I just want to be clear. Did you ever hear of the Utica crib? Is that where you were raised? No, thank God, no. So, there was a huge... At the time, Insane Asylum in Utica, New York, Okay, they, like, created a lot of ways to to restrain patients mm-hmm. and there is they were famous for the utica crib which is basically a bed and you you took a crib and you put it upside down and put it over the bed and so you weren't restrained but oh, you're basically I get it. yeah is that the same thing nope okay his air crib which again has caused a lot of controversy because people did think it was like a skinner box that he put kids in it's not true he created a crib that was where a child could just be like it was just be them- themselves yeah you couldn't hurt yourself in it it was just like supposed to be like a very uh safe safe and nurturing nurturing box essentially but it was a crib i mean it was like a pack and play that we would have now but it was like very gentle the the air was like just the right temperature in there it was like supposed to be just like a very lovely environment for a child and he used it with his daughter deborah and she stayed in there a couple hours at a time people were like oh she he kept her in this box he raised her like you know, there was like all this controversy about yeah. how he used and now it, we're what just, it was. We're just putting an iPad in front of a kid's face and telling them to chill uh, out. But then this is really bizarre. Okay. Like then there's some rumors. I, I don't even know who started this or where it came from, but there were some rumors that because of that, his daughter grew up to be this kind of antisocial person that sued him in court and lost and then killed herself. That really happened? No. Oh. She's totally alive. She lives in the UK and she's an artist. Like none oh. of that happened. Who, so, where did that story come from? I don't know, but we should call her up. I'm sure that her and her sister have to talk about their dad all the time. No, we just want to talk to her about her art while well, we have a giant painting of her they, father in our house. They both talk about how wonderful their dad was. He was the most loving, kind person. They had a really good relationship with him. Yeah, they loved the box. Another kind of controversial thing was that, especially later when he came out with his theory about verbal behavior, Noam Chomsky got involved. That's, and That's such a great name for a dog. Noam Chomsky? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Can we get another dog just so we can name yeah. that? Let's- Do you just want to name it Chomsky? No, Noam Chomsky. But what do we call it that whole name? Like in the park, we're like, Noam Chomsky! Yeah. What's that? I want to teach my dog... German? Ger- yeah, German. Just conversational German. Well, if it was a German shepherd, it would only speak German. <laughs> this dog makes no attempt to learn the language. <laughs> That's why Zeus doesn't speak the language. I know. He's a Cuban dog. That's why I speak to him in Spanish. Hola, papi! <laughs> 
<laughs> what was it? Oh, arguments with Chomsky. There were some papers back and forth about the two of them really feuding mm. about language and free will and all that stuff. And then, so this is something, and I just want to clarify because okay. this is something that is misunderstood a lot. Okay, teach me. A lot. Teach me. So he was what he calls a, a radical behaviorist. Radical, totally tubular. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that why he, like the, the sleeves were ripped off? He always sat backwards in his chair. Mm-hmm. Hat backwards. Hat backwards. On Super a skateboard. Black, he had a black flag tattoo. He espoused this philosophy of science he called radical behaviorism. And, and essentially people think he, or have thought that he, would you just smell your fingers? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> I itched my underarm and my fingers came out wet. It's <laughs> so gross. So I had to see. Did you try to do it like clandestinely? Like I wouldn't see it? <laughs> no, I, I tried to do it like Clydesdale-y. Like <laughs> so very like large and overt. <laughs> I wanted you to see. It seemed like you were trying to sneak it. No, I'm in front of I'm three feet from you. How am I going to sneak that? I'm in front of a bright window. Okay. Where was I? Wow, that just really sidetracked me. All right. So you're talking about B.F. Skinner. Yeah. People have thought historically that he was someone who just, who didn't think we were like thinking, feeling beings, who just were like, our behavior is... We're behavioral robots. Yeah, exactly. So our behavior just defines us. That's the only thing about us. That's like... You know, whatever. So he didn't believe that at all. So radical behaviorism is this idea that like, yes, we have all these thoughts, feelings, what he calls private events, things that happen inside of us that affect our behavior, perhaps. But in radical behaviorism, we acknowledge that those things exist. We just only are interested in the behavior we can observe for scientific data collection. Yeah, and that was actually a really radical shift from radical. from the earlier psych research. Yeah, so, so like, that is methodological behaviorism. Yes, and like the, the original psych research was by Wundt, and it was all uh, introspection, where people re- just, just reporting what they had. And it was just like, it's good because it really sparked us researching psychology and, and the mental processes. But looking back, it's like, oh, this is so... There's like no way to like accurately measure like how much, how often, all those things. So we try to now a lot though with like rating scales and like self-report stuff. Yeah, those are. No, no, they they have some flawed. We just well, we just don't always know what the construct is we're measuring. But later on, there are some scholars who have started to talk about. I mean, as we can sort of categorize behavior differently and more microscopically now, as so we have like things like MRIs and things we can actually see kind of some of these private events happening can actually measure quote unquote behavior that we couldn't measure before. So I'm going to talk about for the meat. Oh, today. Was that the entree? No, oh, this is the entree. That was the app. That was the app. That was appetizer. That was, uh, that was appetizer. That was an awesome blossom of an intro. Mm, thank you. What was us bantering? The snack you have in your house before you leave? Yeah, it's like the bread. Okay. It's like the bread Just of the there. meal. You pick at it. A lot of people get full and they're like, I don't actually want anything else. It's like the bread and olive oil and vinegar or like vinegar. herbed butter. Yeah. You never yeah. did olive oil and vinegar for your bread? No. Sometimes balsamic, but. Yeah. Balsamic. Yeah. Oil and vinegar. Uh, what do you think I mean by vinegar? Like white vinegar? <laughs> Just pour a bowl of white vinegar. Yeah. You know, those classy restaurants that yeah. do that? I don't go to those restaurants. 
yeah so like it's the bread vinegar it, if you're you know what i don't want to be um reductionist it could be chips and salsa it could be it could be a plate of fruit who gets a plate of fruit before mm, i don't know is this the palate cleanser right this, now this is the the sherbet sherbet the sorbet there's no r at the end sherbet there's no there's no i in sorbet at least not how it's spelled <laughs> but there's an okay. r in research and diana's gonna talk about that and there's an r in reinforcement okay i'm gonna talk about an article he wrote called reinforcement today from 1958 and it goes over kind of a lot of the early experiments he did and you know what's so cool what's cool you know what's so cool he was just a nice guy you can like look this stuff up on google scholar just just go on to scholar we've talked about this before scholar.google.com just put in some terms yeah and you'll be able to pull up an article skinner from 1958 they didn't even have computers back then how did they get this on a computer i'm sure they scanned it in i just want to say that just to be sure we're on the same oh, page good. okay um so what he talked about in reinforcement today is just a kind of backdrop okay so he came along freud had been really big in psychology right early 1900s freud or late 1800s early 1900s freud mm-hmm. then we got pavlov we talked about him in a mini-sode mm-hmm. check it out then we have people like watson and thorndike who were moving more towards like where bf skinner picked up yeah so thorndike especially but i'm not gonna talk about him because he's boring boring um so then we got bf skinner who's like okay Something happens after a behavior that makes that behavior more or less likely to occur. So, like, if I call our dog, Zeus. He's right here. He's behind me. Oh. Did he look at me? Yeah, he perked up. Oh, good. So, if if I, if I that response was something that I enjoyed, I would be more likely to call him in the future because I got him to look at me. I do really enjoy it when I call his name and he looks at me. They rarely come, though, when they call, when I call them. Sometimes you call them to you and they run to me. That's true. They don't know where the voice is coming from. Yeah. Uh, or they just think that come is go to you. Yeah. They they miss Q. So he's like, okay, whatever happens after the behavior, there's things that happen before, there's things that happen after, and the thing that happens after, the consequence of the behavior makes it more or less likely to occur. Okay. That's, that's, the, that's the basic principle. Okay. So he called that operant behavior. But his research was in experimental analysis of behavior eab actually this this uh area of behavior analysis still exists today that there are people who pretty exclusively study eab which is really just animal stuff in labs i don't study that that's not my area but uh some people do and the application of eab to our behavior is where we get applied behavior analysis. Cool. What's that? That's the application of the principles of science of behavior to human behavior. Like, what, why would someone do applied behavior analysis? Why? I've had people come to me, like, like coworkers come to me who have their doctor has said you need to go get applied behavior analysis for your child, or you need to, like find an ABA person. Like, what? Oh, what, what like, uh-oh. just like in, so, in like, like historically, uh, uh, ten words or less. I can. Well, historically, people... You wasted your first word on historically. Oh, 10 words or less. Historically, people have assumed ABA, 
I'm going to give that one word. ABA is for kids with autism. Okay. 10 words, but it's not just for kids with autism, but basically it's like, it's like, so this is again, like not something, uh, this is a, a tangent, but yeah, I think it, Ivar, I'll just give you a little heads up. Yeah. Ivar Lovas out of UCLA started using behavioral principles of Skinner to work with kids with autism and had a massive success. This was like in the eighties. Cool. So that's why people think it's really just for kids with autism, but it, the principles apply across the board. It's just, like something that insurance companies will pay for for kids with autism. But I want to talk about how Skinner taught pigeons to bowl. B-O-W-L. Oh. That's how you always spell bowl. Okay. It was a bowl of cereal or a bowling lane. So what he did is something called magazine training, where basically he he used classical conditioning, let's be honest. I... Finally, we said it. So basically, he he taught pigeons to expect reinforcement by pairing the sound of the magazine training. It's like a pellet release kind of thing. So it's like a click pellet release with the food itself. Yeah. It's like our dogs are trained the screw lid. Right. Exactly. Same thing. Same thing. The pigeons would learn to anticipate the food with the click of the magazine training. So essentially he paired magazine training. He he paired the click with the food, click 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 food. No food. Well, he didn't do that. Did the pigeons make saliva? I don't know. Remember we had a conversation last time about if birds salivate. You know who might know? A bird. Sam. Sam, if you're listening, Call us and tell us a bird makes saliva. Send us a message after you listen to this, which caught you. Were you listening or not to our newest episode? Well, no, now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so he. Birds magazine, bowling. Magazine training. Magazine training. Magazine training. Okay. Click food. Click food. Click yep, food. We already did that Got 45 times. <laughs> which the click then became uh, what he called a conditioned reinforcer. Yeah. So it's not a primary. Primary reinforcer is a food. Secondary reinforcer, conditional reinforcer. Solid. Click. Food. Okay. So then he could, what he called shape behavior, right? Yeah. So he... um, Like Michelangelo with a block of marble. No. Kind of the opposite, actually. Like a block of marble with Michelangelo. No. No. Like a Mona Lisa being painted by Da Vinci. I don't know. You tell me after you listen to this. Okay, I'll tell you which artist, which work, which direction. All right. So he... One day, well, he he writes, one day we decided to teach a pigeon to bowl. The pigeon was to send a wooden ball down a miniature alley. How cute is that? Oh my God. I think it's cuter that it's Skinner in a, in my mind, it's like him and three other dudes. Yeah, it totally was. They're all smoking weed in their office. No, they're not smoking weed. They're 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 probably smoking pipes or- They're at the very least smoking tobacco. Or cigars. I promise you, at least one of them is drinking whiskey. Yeah. And they're like, you know what we can probably do? We should go bowling. And he's like, we can't go bowling. We we, we don't, there's no Uber yet. And he's like, (laughs) what if we get a pigeon to bowl? And Skinner's like, oh my science. Let's do it. All right. So, okay. So it was so cute, but I'll read it again. The pigeon was to send a wooden ball down a miniature alley toward a set of toy pins by swiping the ball with a sharp sideward movement of the beak. Meanwhile, its wife and children are in a nest somewhere else just getting uh, neglected. (laughs) 
So he writes, to condition the response, we put the ball on the floor of an experimental box and prepared to operate the food magazine as soon as the first swipe occurred. So they were like, going to wait for it to happen. Wait for it naturally to occur. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then they were going to click and then the, then that would expect the food, right? Yeah. But nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, Because a pigeon uh, doesn't like bowling in nature. Well, uh, golf, different thing, but bowling. Yeah. Naturally, it's not something that the pigeon's going to do. Yeah. So what do you think they did? Did they manually make it do it? I, you know, it's funny. I almost kind of thought that, uh, and, like, then you, and then I realized I'm smart, so yeah. I didn't think no, that. No, no, no. I mean, sometimes you can, like, again, this is more of a conversation to happen yeah. than another, but you can prompt. Like, yeah. Yeah, you can prompt behaviors and then yeah. slowly fade or, away prompts. Or did they do something to make it want it? Like, put food on the thing mm. so it swiped at it? No. Did they paint a, a picture of a cat on it? No. Um. Did they ask it nicely? No. So the, what they did was... Um, Did they dress like a pigeon and do it in front of them? He said, though we had all the time in the world, we grew tired of waiting. I don't know. <laughs> Mike's, I think he said something funny, but I just blew past it. Oh, it's an image of B.F. Skinner dressed in a giant <laughs> pigeon costume, bowling in front of another pigeon. Do it like I'm doing it. Yeah. No. It was, Who's the social learning? Bandura. Bandura. So he's like, you know, pigeons are going to learn social learning theory, buddy. <laughs> pigeons are going to learn social learning. <laughs> all right. So though we had all the time in the world, we grew tired of waiting. We decided to reinforce any response which had the slightest resemblance to a swipe. Perhaps at first, merely the behavior of looking at the ball and then to select responses which more closely approximated the final form. They fucking shaped it. Yeah. <laughs> They shaped it. That's what I want to say. The result amazed us. In a few minutes, the ball was C-A-R-O-M-I-N-G. Caroming? Sure. Caroming off the walls of the box as if the pigeon had been a champion squash player. Yeah, but that's a problem. They're trying to get the bowl, not play squash. (laughs) Yeah. That's Uh, cool. Isn't that cool? So he shaped that behavior up, right? So um, that's what we call it today. We're like, okay, we're going to teach someone to do something. shape this. You shape it. Like if I wanted to teach you to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay. And you had never been in the kitchen before. Mm -hmm. I might, you start walking towards the kitchen. I might be like, oh, I love the way you're walking right now. You're doing such a great job. And I'm going to say, stop making fun of me. (laughs) And I'm going to go back in the bedroom. Because so for you, it was punishment. It, yeah, it wasn't reinforcing for me. Yeah, exactly. But let's say it's reinforcing for you. Yeah. And then, like, if you start walking away from the kitchen. Oh, I hate how you walk. No, I would engage in something. Or I would maybe just ignore it. I would only. Anyways, so you can see how I would get you quickly to make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'll make you a peanut butter and jelly yeah. sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, me. Or you go to the store and buy a Crustables, which you already told me you won't buy for me because they're too expensive. I've never said that. Yeah, you That's did. That's the opposite. You totally did. Remember when we were at the museum and they had a crustable and I was like, why don't we eat these more? And you're like, well, I'll just make one. Those are too expensive. I didn't have that tone. Why don't we make one? Too expensive. <laughs> we were at the circus museum eating Uncrustables. Yeah, it was great. Quickly, just want to okay. say that he shaped that behavior. Then he talked about in this same paper, a schedule of reinforcement. So basically he's like, how do we strengthen a behavior or make it? much more likely to happen you like if you reinforce a behavior every time it happens 
um, you're going to make it like pretty likely to occur. But the best way, the most powerful way is to give intermittent reinforcement. Yes. To give it every time is kind of like a paycheck mm-hmm. where you, you get it. But then the problem is if your boss misses a paycheck, you're like, fuck you. I'm not showing up anymore. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Intermittent. You don't know when to expect it. It's like a slot machine. Slot machine. Yeah. It's like Vegas. Right? Yeah. Vegas, baby. <laughs> it's all of Vegas. It's all it's of slot Vegas. Machine. The reinforcement's like the strip. The reward is like Siegfried. And then he goes on to say, the world in which man lives may be regarded as an extraordinarily complex set of positive and negative reinforcing contingencies. The coolest part about this article for me is that... uh, It was free. It was free. And it's just free entertainment. (laughs) Who needs cable? He talks about school discipline. This is, again, I want to remind you, this is... 1958. Yeah. So he says, how can we recapture the orderly conduct once attributed to quote discipline without reinstating the, all the undesirable byproducts of an inhumane aversive control? The answer is use of positive reinforcement instead of punishment. Aww. I know. Yeah. He was like, I mean, we still don't do this. No. It's like 2019. Yeah. It's 50, 60 years later. Six years later, we're still using the belt. Some places are. Yeah. That's why I said it. Yeah. It's six years later, we're still out of school suspending kids. We're still, and so speaking of out of school suspension. We're still using isolation. He says, a first step is to analyze the reinforcing contingencies in the classroom. In particular, what reinforcers are available to the teacher. The point is that she must, uh, all right, it's 1958. Most of the teachers are women. The point is that she must understand that dismissal, I think by dismissal, he means like, throwing a kid out of class dismissal is reinforcing if she is not to throw away the small measure of power it offers her the natural thing for a teacher to dismiss the class when its conduct is most aversive to her but this is exactly the wrong thing to do for then she then differentially reinforces the very same behavior she wants to suppress yeah a teacher who understands reinforcement will survey the class during the final minutes of a period and choose for the dismissal moment at which things are going as well as can be expected. He's so far ahead of his time. And again, I just want to emphasize, we're still not doing the right things in schools. And no. teachers still don't. Un- and this is, not, this is not their fault. It's just because we don't teach them. Yeah, well, the game but. is arranged in a bad way for teachers. Yeah. So anyhow. That's awesome. That's really what I wanted to start with with Skinner. We might revisit him cool. because there's so much to talk yeah, about. There's a lot of, I would like to talk about eventually like his contracting with the military. I think it'd be really cool. And Yeah. But that might be a mini-sode. It's the, this is a good wet, wet your whistle. Yeah. W-H-E-T. Sharpen your whistle. Okay. <laughs> what? So what do you got coming up? Oh, just transitioning just like that? Do you have a, a, other... Uh, No, I mean, I'm good. We can move on. You're, okay. Oh, what do I have coming up? I have um, a sweet... Oh, I'm going to a conference. Woo, 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 woo. I'm going to a, actually behavior analysis conference oh, this week. You should bring a lot of stickers with you. Totally. Can you? I don't know. Please. Pass around stickers. I will. Cool. Thank you. I will. What about you? What's going on? Um, Starting up? a new... Um, employment endeavor. Oh yeah, and so they'll be starting this week. Can you say anything about it? Um, I can. <laughs> this is funny because this is a parallel to a lot of the podcasts I listen to, where it's like people who are actors and they're like, I can't really talk right now about the role I'm doing. <laughs> it, it. So this is probably the same feeling where when I'm listening, I'm like, I don't give a shit. 
I, I get, I get, so I'm, I'm going to be doing right now. I'll be doing psychological assessments before people start transcranial magnetic stimulation. And then I'm also going to be, maybe we could cover that in the next episode. Uh, actually, uh, Nate said that he really wants to come on oh, and talk shit, about TMS and he's like, he is fucking brilliant. Like, he'd be awesome. really fun. So That's I, so cool. My goal, I know I keep saying this, but my goal this week is to either get or find a way to get guests and then start scheduling people. But he, Dude, he really wants to do it. I Dr. Think, Nate. Nate, yeah, Nate's awesome. I think it'd be really fun to have him on. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, so I'll be doing pre-treatment assessments, and I'm also going to be doing during treatment therapy and and designing and developing programs. Can you guys publish any of this stuff? Do you have like a yeah? IRB? So we're, we're we're starting uh like a like a research group. Two of the people I'm working with have a local affiliation and with so, a university with the university, and so we will we're 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 talking right now about starting a research project. Sweet, and then. That's yeah, awesome. That's very exciting. That's great. Yeah. So it's, Do you need anyone to run your stats? Sure. It's going to be a small sample size. It, yeah, it, it definitely will be. Oh my God, you could do single case design. Yeah, I think we're going to because we're going to try to publish protocols. I totally would. That's why love. they really want you to join our practice. Okay, okay. Sweet. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be really fun. Um, Anything else? No, Halloween is coming up. This is so specific to us and the few listeners in the area, but the Tampa Theater is doing <laughs> Halloween and horror movies all month of October. So I'm really excited to go see some of them. And also we love Halloween. Yeah, we love Halloween. Can we dress, we're going to dress up. You have a list on your notes, I have right? a running list. So maybe next week we'll go through the list and yeah. we'll try to choose a costume. Yeah, last, oh, that'll be fun for people to vote on. Yeah. Last year we were... Tobias and Lindsay from Tobias Rest of Them. Lindsay, yeah. That was fun because I had my... You were great. You, I you, shaved my head. We, we Let's post the picture can we yeah why not i don't know okay our pictures are up there already so yeah okay yeah we were tobias and Lindsay. it yeah, was we need great to, we need to post that picture yeah it was great okay anything else what do we say now all right we say love you love you bye, bye. you're still here this is dr mike we had an abnormally tight episode, and we didn't have any additional banter to tack on the end. But I was looking, and it looks like only like 25% of people listen straight through to the final closing moments of this podcast. So if you're listening, you're one of the few. You're one of the brave and bold, one of the ones that just can't get enough. And so we want to hear from you. So... If you have any feedback, any things you want to see, things you want to hear about, ideas on how we can make this even better so you don't even just listen through to the end. You have to start over and play from the beginning again. Let us know. Facebook us. Send us a DM. Email us. Rev.sitecast, R-E-V, period, P-S-Y-C-H-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Yell at us on the street. Let us know because if you're still listening means you still love us and we want this to be the best thing possible all right this is just dr mike dr diana is at the gym right now but from both of us okay love you bye